Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. When the head doesn't function properly, and we see that a lot in our sorry to say in our lives today, when a person gets Alzheimer's, when a person gets Parkinsonism, and the central nervous system isn't operating properly, every other part, it just breaks down. And so when you and I begin to break down, often it's because we're not responding to the head, which is Jesus Christ. It's tragic to witness someone who has a neurological disorder Watching them struggle to do the things that they used to have no problem doing is heartbreaking. Alzheimer's is even worse. People's memories of those closest to them erased, never to return. Well, God set the body of Christ up to work much like a human body should work. Pastor Mark will be teaching about this today, and you'll be able to see the parallels between the two bodies. You'll find out more about how you should function in the body of Christ. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Romans chapter 12 as he continues his series called Motivational Gifts. Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 12. We're doing a series, as you remember, on the motivational gifts. This is our third week. Turn to Romans chapter 12. Boeing's new plane that's coming. It's a 787. And it's just an incredibly super efficient airplane. Carry around 223 passengers and can go more than 8,500 nautical miles. How is this plane being built? Do you think... Well, let's just say you're gifted with uh, upholstery. And you get together 250,000 upholstery workers, and you make this plane. Now, you don't know anything about the engine. You have no clue anything about nautical engineering. How many feel safe on the plane they put together? The seats would be good, (laughs) but they'd go down pretty quickly. Well, no, the way it's being built, if you look at it, Actually, there's hundreds of thousands of people from all over the world with their individual talents and their gifts and their unity putting this plane together so that when it's finally completed, it's a work of beauty. It's a new jet. Well, that's exactly what Paul's going to teach us in the body of Christ. God put together this incredible group of people his body, the church, and he grace-gifted individuals all through the local church 
and worldwide. Well, not to make a new plane, but to advance the kingdom of God. So that's what we're going to study. And that will open us into these seven motivational gifts that the Lord's going to teach us about. We begin as review again, just quickly, chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, Paul says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and His pleasing and His perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. So we learn and as we begin to approach the gifts, we need to think different. And we gave you these three keys. In verse 1 and 2, Paul says you need to think properly about your commitment to Christ. You're not your own anymore. So when you discover what your gift is, it's not like, well, God, thanks for the gift. But ah, no, thanks. It really doesn't have anything to do. I'm going to just continue to do my thing. No, you can't do that. Our body's not our own anymore. So whatever God has gifted us to do, well, we just make our commitment and we're sold out and submitted to him. And then we learn in verse 3 that we can think too high about ourselves. We can think too low about ourselves. I don't have any worth and that that gift is worth nothing. I don't know why God gave me that or look who I am. And so Paul said, no, you have to think properly about who you are and about your worth. And we learn that our worth comes from one thing, that Jesus Christ died for you and he died for me. And from that, it makes us all equal. We're equal workers together. Now look at verse 4, verse 5. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. So here's point number three that Paul's thinking about and expressing in the words about the way we think. Remember, the way we think is the way we become. So number three is we need to think properly about other believers in the body of Christ. Not just about myself, but now what is this thing called the body and the church? And it's very interesting that On this night, we have one of our missionaries with us. So let's just go through some points very quickly. We won't take long with this because many of you know this, but it's a good review for all of us. Number one, the church is a living body made of real people. When Paul talks about the body of Christ here, he's not talking about the church building. He's not talking about an organization. He's not talking about a denomination. He's not talking about a fellowship of churches like Calvary Chapel. He's talking about real people that are defined as a living body. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, simply say this, the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. 
And though all of its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. Then in that same chapter, down in verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part in it. So I have this huge body of Christ. We'll talk about that in the big picture of what that is in a moment. So you have this body. Well, a body's no good, and it's a body has a head. And who is the head of the body of Christ? Hello? This is like a no-brainer. I gave you the answer already. The head of the body is Christ. You see, every living body must have one head. The head is Christ. It is not a man. It is not Billy Graham. It is not a pope. It is not Chuck Smith, the head of the Calvary Chapels. It is not a human man. It is Christ. He's the head of this body called the church. Colossians 1.18 simply says it like this, And he is the head of the body, the church. Next, the body, the church, is made up of people who are followers of Christ. So this body of Christ is not made up of just any people, but it's made up of people who are true followers of Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, 13, we see this truth. Paul says it like this. For we were all baptized, speaking to Christians, we were all baptized by one spirit. And of course, this means into the body of Christ. It's not talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit because the person that baptizes you or I into the Holy Spirit was Jesus. Remember, he will baptize you with fire and with the Spirit. So this is talking about going into the body of Christ. So we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. So when you submit yourself to Christ and say, I'm going to accept you as my personal Savior, just as we heard Igor talk about himself and then his family and his sister and his dad. The moment they did that, the Spirit baptized them and put them into this thing called the body of Christ. And he united them in that body. Now, how big is that body? Well, let's think about it. On our podium here a few moments ago, we have a wonderful couple from... Russia, who are not just any people, but they're born-again people. Does it matter what denomination they are? No. Not as long as we can agree on, and I'll go through that in a moment. We have people that say they're part of the body of Christ, but they would say, well, we don't believe Jesus is the only way. Or they would say, Well, I'm part of the body of Christ, but I really don't believe in the Bible. So now when you get to those issues, there is no unity that you can have. Because that's the basis of unity. So just because a person says they're in the body of Christ, but go against the fundamentals that there is a Father and a Son and the Holy Spirit, and salvation is by grace alone, and some of the things we just talked about. And as they agree with that... Well, we can't be unified 
And if they don't agree that Christ is the only way to heaven, how can he be their head then? He can't be. And so they can say they're in the body of Christ, but they're not. But if a person agrees with the major areas that we just talked about, salvation and those things, we can disagree about some of the others. But it's not a big deal. When we get to heaven, we'll get it all clear. Relax. The guy said, I used to say relax a lot in the office staff this morning, pastors, but I don't say relax enough. So relax. Some of you get so uptight about all oh, you're good, good. Whatever, and you get so uptight, you go crazy. You know, you just, and then you, pretty soon you begin to be a. <laughs> what was that? Does anybody remember? Good job, good job. Pretty soon you're out there sniffing sin again. I think Igor said it right. You're just telling everybody to go to hell and whatever, and you know that didn't work. God came right to him, didn't he? So, what happens? How big is the body of Christ? See, it's a perfect night because here in Melbourne, we're part of the body of Christ. This church is part of the body of Christ. Down the street, we have Covenant Press. Are they part of the body of Christ? Absolutely. We have Baptist churches all over in this place, right near us. Are they part of the body of Christ? Absolutely. I'm going to speak at a baccalaureate for one of the high schools at one of the Catholic churches out here. And I asked him today when I speak, they called me, wanted me to speak. I said, well, there's going to be a bunch of different people there. I said, well, you know what I'm going to speak when I speak? Because the person has heard me speak. I said, is that okay? He says, yeah, just speak what the Bible says. All right. So there's Christians, obviously, in the Catholic Church. Now, what about the Mormon Church? Now, that's hard, isn't it? Loving people, not part of the body of Christ. They don't even believe Jesus is God. You say, well, why do you say things like that? That's divisive. No, that's truth. And we have to agree with it. We have to understand that. So the body of Christ in our local town here is huge. People all up and down the county... They just love the Lord. They do things differently. They'll sing four hymns. They would never stand. They do all, you know, it doesn't matter. If they major in the majors and they love the Lord, we're part of the body of Christ. Okay? But it's not just here. It's in Florida. It's in the world. And here we have Russia here. You'll never be in these guys' homes. You'll never be where he can eat five meals a day and all that kind of stuff. But in heaven, we're going to be together. But we're still the body of Christ. When we go to India, when we go to Singapore, these guys have just got back from Managua. That's the body of Christ. Serge just got back this week from Haiti. He's down there with a group of pastors that believe in Jesus. They're part of the body of Christ. So it's a good thing to be reminded how huge this body is. And we're just a little teeny, little teeny part of it. And yet we're to function where we're at, just here. So we've got to think of the big picture. But then there is this local church. Next. The body, the church, functions with three keys. You need to understand these three keys. And Satan hates these three keys. The body functions, the church functions with, number one, unity, then diversity, and then interdependence. All three of those. Now, let me give you an example of some things tonight. Many of you remember this from a kid. Anybody remember him? What's his name? Mr. Potato Head. There he is. Cool man, huh? See if we can get his eyes without poking him out. Here he is. Let me ask you a question. 
How many heads does Mr. Potato have had? What if he had two? He'd be weird. What if he didn't have any? This is Mr. Potato Head. Mr. Potato Head is dead. Something with no head is? Something with two heads is? Weird. Turn to your labor. See how many heads you see there. So, in the body of Christ, took me four hours to put this sucker together yesterday. No, not really. I had it all backwards. Your glasses, you don't need them. you got big enough eyes. All right. Let's talk about it. This body, this Mr. Potato Head, functions together because it works together. And we'll see this as we go through. This is a body. Well, the body of Christ is like this. We have a head. It's Jesus Christ. But all these other parts of the body of Christ function as they respond to the head. So, as we go through this, in the body of Christ, we derive our life and our giftedness from the head. In our lives, I derive my functionality and my coordination and my unity from my CNS, my central nervous system, which starts in the head. That's where I develop my worth. Well, spiritually, you remember John 15, Jesus said it like this, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in him, he will bear much fruit. So my relationship comes because the head functions properly. When the head doesn't function properly, and we see that a lot in our, sorry to say, in our lives today, when a person gets Alzheimer's, when a person gets Parkinsonism, and the central nervous system isn't operating properly, every other part, it just breaks down. And so when you and I begin to break down, often it's because we're not responding to the head, which is Jesus Christ. If I want to go off, I mean, it sounds ridiculous. If I want to go off and just do my thing, that's crazy. Can't do my thing. Doesn't work. I have to be connected to the head. Now, you understand that very easy with Mr. Potato Head here, but sometimes spiritually we go, well, I just go off and do my thing. No, as a Christian, my body is not my own anymore. I just don't go off and do my will. Now, when the body doesn't function because there's no unity, let me give you an example. Some of you were raised up north. How many used to ice skate? Let me see your hands. Oh, you remember, don't you? First time you got on ice skates. Now, your mind said to your feet, do this, but your feet did what? (laughs) And another part of you suffered, didn't it? Many times. Because I couldn't what? I couldn't coordinate it. It didn't work, and it took some practice to get going. Well, sometimes with a new Christian, that's exactly what happens. They're not used to, what do you mean God speaks to you? Well, sure, he speaks to us through the word. He does. And so they learn over time to be sensitive to the things of the Spirit and that God does want to direct our lives. So first thing I want you to write under this heading of unity is this. Unity comes from sameness of purpose. In our bodies, 
all these different parts, they work together for a reason. Mr. Potato Head here, his arms and his ears and his eyes and his heart and his liver and his colon and feet and all, they work together for a purpose. To have a meaningful, healthy, productive life. For those of you that are getting up in age and, or maybe even younger and you look at our society today, and Linda and I commented a lot about it since we've gotten back. We look at the world and the kind of food that the world eats, and then you come back to the States. When I first went to India 15 years ago, it wasn't at all like what I see now. You see, what's happened is America has taken its fast food junk and taken it overseas. And now everywhere you go in China and India, you see McDonald's and you see Kentucky Fried Chicken and you see all of these things. And the countries over there, their kids are changing. And they're becoming just like we are. Very unhealthy. Eat the wrong things. Eat supersize everything. And pretty soon we look at our country and go, well, how can our kids at 12 be high blood pressure? Look what they eat. All sugar. Huge amounts of salt. Very few vegetables. This is not a health course, by the way. But what I'm trying to say to you is, What is our body supposed to be if it works good? It's supposed to be healthy. And so we exercise with one purpose, so that I can get up and be healthy. That I can get up and speak to you and not go, I don't have any more energy, I can't speak to you. No, I want to be healthy. Now, none of us are perfect, and you don't want to make this uh, kind of this fetish that you work in, because we're all going to die one day anyway, it doesn't matter. But you want to be healthy while you're here. So the body functions together. In unity, there's a common purpose. Be healthy, kind of be sharp in your mind, be loving, have some joy, laugh as we did. That makes a healthy body. Well, what is the purpose? What is this sameness of purpose spiritually? Why are you and I here? Why did he put us in the body? It's not about me. It's about Christ. So look at here, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. You'll begin to see what this unity of purpose is. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So everything that I do in my human body is to forward the kingdom of God, to point people to salvation, to point people to growth in their spiritual gifts. One of the goals of teaching on spiritual gifts, you'll see in a moment, as we finish this, I expect... Seriously, hundreds of people to be much more effective than they ever were before. That's our goal. Now, Romans 15, 5 kind of outlines this a little more. But just think about this. If you and I are going to bring glory to God, then we have to be in unity with what he wants. Well, we know it's about him. It's not about us. So we study his gifts. That's what we're getting ready to do. The gifts that he gave me and the gifts that he gave you. And I want to use those not to promote me, but to promote him. Because Jesus said, if he's lifted up, he'll draw all people to him. And people come to Christ. Yes, we tell them about hell. You already heard that. But really, they come to Christ out of the goodness of God. And you notice when they saw changed lives, they go, what's the deal? It can't be. Well, yes, it can be. 
In his teaching today, Pastor Mark told you that the whole purpose of your being a Christ follower is to advance the kingdom of God. He found out that as a member of Christ's body, every member, including you, has a function. And that function doesn't involve sitting on a pew, letting other people do all the work. You have to find your place and get active with it. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue in this series called Motivational Gifts. You'll hear more about the composition of the body of Christ and its similarity to the human body. Pastor Mark will talk about three characteristics of the body of Christ, its unity, diversity, and its interdependence. You'll learn how important you are to making the church work right. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series called Motivational Gifts. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a herd.